0: You're listening to 88.9 FM, KUCI in Irvine. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of KUCI or the University of California Irvine. All right, we are back.
1: Hope your Monday is off to a great start. I'm your host Janine. This is Get the Funk Out, and standing by to join us for the second half is writer director Roxanne Benjamin. Good morning. Good morning. Congratulations on your film, Body at Brighton Rock. How did this all come about?
0: I had actually been working on a larger budget movie and the financing fell through, and so I wrote this one. It uh, kind of came to me. Amazing. And um, the uh, post-house that I work with uh, agreed to come on as producers and financiers. So it kind of came together very quickly. Uh, I wrote it in like, August, and we were shooting in November. We were in prep in like... Wow. Yeah, early October.
1: That's so unbelievable to me how sometimes when something falls through, something else comes together so fast and much more creative, you know, this thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And it was meant to be kind of a smaller movie, and it just kind of uh, kept ballooning. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about that. What do you mean? Well, in indie movies about size, you're not really supposed to have animals. You're not supposed to shoot at night. Okay. You're not supposed to be out in the woods, uh, and I kind of did all of the things that you're not supposed to do in something this size. You know, usually you have like genre movies like this that are just like a couple people in a house running around, yeah, in very <laughs> controllable circumstances. And we were just kind of out in the middle of nature and idle wild up on the side of a mountain oh, in nice. winter.
1: Oh, in, how, uh, how nice! In a massive
0: windstorm. So,
1: whoa! What what other elements do you have to
0: worry about? Wild animals? Uh, yeah, there's that, there's that part um, mm-hmm. that uh, was actually the most controlled part of the entire thing. That's incredible. Uh, it was probably the easiest part of the shoot was uh, shooting with the bear <laughs> because it was so controlled. You have to know exactly what it is that you're trying to shoot. You have to have everything presented to the trainers uh, weeks ahead of time, and I had already shot the rest of the movie at that point, uh, and that was kind of the plan to shoot that section about two months later. It was also since it was winter. He was, they don't hibernate, <laughs> but oh. they get very uh, lethargic okay. and uh, not food motivated, so. Oh, that's good. <laughs> we had to wait until spring to shoot with him.
1: <laughs> so they, and he was motivated for food by then?
0: Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. White chocolate areas. I'd be freaking
1: out. (laughs) I don't know, bears kind of scare me.
0: He's adorable. It was a problem. Oh. Um, Yeah, so there's like 300 VFX shots in the movie. And I would say a good like, third of those are on the bear just to make him scarier. Oh, okay. Because he is so, and I thought I the same thing, you know, you, that your crew might be scared of having, you know, working with the with the bear. and Right. Uh, that you got to be careful. But obviously, you have to be careful on set. But um, it wasn't that people were afraid of him. It's that they all want to, like, pet him and ride him and go off and have <laughs> adventures with him. And that just becomes a totally different movie. That um, is so
1: funny.
0: I was also one of those people, so I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's like a giant chocolate lab. He's really cute. It's a problem.
1: Where did you find
0: him? I mean, he's like the only working bear in Southern California, actually. Uh, There's very few on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. So he's actually pretty booked up. Quite a a busy bear.
1: Wow. Yeah. Must have an agent, manager.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We've got like four different trainers that we talked to and that that kind of helped out on the project. They sound amazing. Now. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're
1: just t- tuning, in, are cute
0: when they're with him too.
1: If you're just tuning, in, we're speaking with writer-director Roxanne Benjamin, and let's give a little glimpse, without giving too much away. What's the movie about?
0: Uh, it's about a girl who's a little out of her element, who ends up on a back backcountry trail that she's supposed to be uh, kind of posting signs on, and gets lost, and then finds a body. And then she's too far out in the backcountry for them to come out and um, <clears throat> be able to get to her during the day. So she has to spend the night there guarding the body until authorities can arrive the next day.
1: Now, did you always have a passion for, like, creepy movies, like suspense? And
0: yeah, I grew up in the, in the woods, actually, north of uh, Pittsburgh, which is Romero country. So I think probably the first movie I ever saw was Night of the Living Dead.
1: Wow, how old were you? Like
0: now? way too young of yeah. an age. That's
1: what was my question. How old were you?
0: Yeah. Oh God, maybe five. Oh six? no, really? I was way too young. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so that's kind of the, the type of thing I grew up on. And uh, both my parents were big Stephen King fans. So there's just. Lots of, like, Stephen King books around the house. Those were, like, what I learned to read, <laughs> basically. Oh, <no. laughs> I'm reading those in, like, oh, second God. grade. Again, way too young to be reading anything like that. Yes. Yes, yeah, so it kind of just warped my mind from there.
1: Unbelievable. But I love how you threw it into writing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I didn't, I, I didn't have a film education. I didn't go to film school either. But uh, I was a very avid reader as a kid. I was an indoor kid who was somewhat forced outdoors, you know, this is back when your parents would just boot you out the door and be yeah. like, come back when it gets dark. Um, <laughs> and I would just take like a crate of books up into a tree and I would sit in the tree and read these books and comic books and stuff. And
1: That's amazing. So
0: I think I was much more interested in the s- script stage. I-, I didn't get interested in film until much, much later. Cause it just wasn't something I was really exposed to. Living in me- the rural backwoods of Pennsylvania.
1: Oh, is that where it was? Yeah. <laughs> But what a great thing to do, climb into a tree and read.
0: Yeah, it was very very Huxian. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, Do you, because the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. And I love hearing stories how if if you went through a personal, professional rut, like how you got out of it or how you stay positive in life. Do you have any Hmm. advice for, you know, staying positive? I mean, this industry
0: is tough. Yeah, I would say, I mean, when I was writing the script, I had, uh, this is like, I had a dog um, that I'd had for like 15 years that uh, that got sick and died very quickly, oh. with, like within a week. Yeah, and that's when I started writing the script, and I was starting to write the script just to deal with that. Um, yeah, I believe it. And that's kind of what kept me going, with having something to like get up and... Be like, okay, from, like, this time to this time, this is what I'm doing, and just having it, structure. Because, you know, when you're a yes. writer, like, you don't really have that much structure. You're just kind of hanging out at your house yeah. uh, most of the time. Um, we really going insane. So yeah. giving myself some sort of structure really, really helps that situation. And, I mean, you know, some things, it's like you don't, you can't look away from them. You just have to go through them.
1: Definitely. I always say that, that you can't avoid what you're going through. You can't get around it. You have to go right directly through the center.
0: Yes, exactly. You know? Which is kind of what the movie is about. Yeah. you, know, you got this girl who just uh, doesn't want to be in the situation she's in, and, and she she thinks, like, she can handle it, and then when she's actually put somewhere where she really has to, she's like, okay, just kidding. Uh, I didn't want to do this, and the... Uh, she's forced to and through that she learns that she actually can so
1: unbelievable it's a powerful message you know
0: yep wrapped up in a horror movie <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you think you'll be writing more horror movies is that your thing
0: it is yeah yeah um i've been uh i do think for almost the last 10 years most, most of the anthologies and started writing a couple of years ago um, on an anthology movie called Southbound. And that was kind of my first, and kind of segued from the producing side more into the writing-directing side at that point. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, the hope is definitely to be doing more. I just finished a script for uh, Orion for a remake of an 80s movie called Night of the Comet. Wow, that's
1: exciting.
0: A little more on the humor side, uh, but it's still like sci-fi. Or genre, still fits in the genre world
1: Do you ever take some of your life and put it in your scripts? People you know, you know, just things that are related to your life
0: We do, but I mean, not really intentionally And they're kind of an amalgamation
1: Yeah
0: Like are there specific moments that end up in things you're writing Or uh, circumstances that you've been in or you've seen other people in? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm Tend to make their way into into writing in specific characters, but not like, oh, this is my ex, and this is exactly what happened. Yeah, it's never yeah. like that. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. I think, And
0: also, it's kind of, a, sometimes it's subconscious, and it's not until someone else reads it, and they're like, you know this is this person. Like, this is exactly what this person does, or how they would react, and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. I have issues.
1: <laughs> and I put them all into my craft. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than therapy. Actually, it's a form yeah, of therapy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it really is. It, it is. is.
0: Making movies is just like I'm exposing you to, like, I'm making the audience my therapist.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I love to write, too, and I find that when I'm writing, I am started writing short scripts instead of features, because I spent too much time on this last feature, and I felt like I had some ideas for short scripts, and what happens is it gets so enmeshed in the story. It's like my you talk about being excited about something when you get out of bed. I feel like it's my inner movie life that I can't wait to get back to and see what happens next. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you like that?
0: Yeah. It sounds, I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing, right? There's nothing more terrifying than a blank page.
1: Yeah.
0: And with possibility. Um, I think it does help to write shorter things and just kind of get those out of your system for that, and then they can be built into larger things. Uh, I I also find if I'm stuck on one thing that I'm writing, if I jump to something else, I'll end up writing an entire other script just to avoid the other script that I'm stuck on.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: Which is, like, ridiculous. No,
1: but it's even better than the first thing.
0: Yeah, and... I think the thing that kind of uh, gets people anxious about that kind of thing, too, is that it's the idea that it has to be perfect. And I see directors kind of get stuck in this as well on set and produced a bunch of... that. You get stuck with an idea that it has to be perfect from like the get-go, and nothing is perfect from the get-go, and there's so much more to the process before you get to that that anyone ever has to see. Like, right. No one will ever see that but you and know that it wasn't perfect. Yes. So I I see a lot of people get caught up in in the idea that, like, if the script isn't perfect from, like, the very outset, it's like, no, your script is going to be terrible for a long time. Right. You just have to write it down and have, like, but it has to be there for you to make it better.
1: You bet. I interviewed Anne Lamott. uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her work. but Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so she said you write really, I'll use a different word, crappy first drafts you keep writing those crappy crappy first drafts and then then the good stuff starts to come out you know you go through it and it, you you kind of mold it into something else
0: yeah definitely you know you always have the like garbage draft first right exactly and then you get really excited about the garbage drafts because you finished a thing and you want to show it to everybody and then like five minutes later you're like why did I do that right and oh god like, nobody read that retract re- retract
1: exactly and they're like too late <laughs>
0: Yeah, this would just burn that one. I'm sending you a new one. <laughs> that one's garbage. <laughs> no one ever looked at that one.
1: So we have to wrap. But where can people find out more about you?
0: About me? Oh gosh.
1: Um, or your movie? We don't have to contact you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I live at. Uh, no, I didn't mean. You know, that. The, movie <laughs> out, uh, the movie comes out. A movie comes out on uh, April 26th, this okay. Friday. Uh, you can find it everywhere. It's on uh, VOD. It'll be in theaters. Um, I think the, there's a website for it, Body Bright and Rock. Uh, on the Magnolia website, we'll have all the details on what theaters it's at and when. And then I'm. you can find me on Twitter at Roxanne B.
1: Roxanne B. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I, want, I
1: put all your info. There's some
0: underscores in there, too, but I can't remember where they're placed. Oh,
1: okay. That's helpful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, just to make it more difficult. Yeah. It's like a scavenger hunt if you actually find me.
1: Is this because you don't want people to find you?
0: <laughs> I think I just didn't understand how Twitter worked. That's okay. When I signed up, so. That's funny. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> let me just mention I put all your info on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kaci.org. And there is a link to your trailer for Body in oh, Brighton Rock right on there. And uh, within an hour or so, I'll put our conversation up on the show blog as well. Cool. Thank you so much for calling in. This has been great. Congratulations, Roxanne. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. That was Roxanne Benjamin calling in to talk about her film that's being released by Magnolia Pictures' body at Brighton Rock, and there's a description on there and a trailer on my show blog. If you missed any part of this, our conversation will be on there as well within an hour after I wrap. Get the org, And I want to mention I'm on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. And KUCI is on Twitter at KUCIFM. We're on Instagram at KUCIFM and Tumblr, blog.kuci.org. I'm going to leave you with a song by Anushka Shankar, who I mentioned I just heard at the La Jolla Performing Arts Center. Well, no, it was called the Conrad Priebus Performing Arts Center in La Jolla through the La Jolla Music Society. I believe I got that right. I'm going to have some info about the concert up on my show blog later on today and some pictures I had a chance to take, which was great. So I'm going to leave you with a song uh, from Anushka Shankar. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.